Welcome to the Riley June Show. I am your host, Riley June, Intuition Master Coach and Spiritual Activator. This podcast is here to support you on your growth and ascension journey. For those new to learning about their energy and for light leaders to set a standard in their work and practices within the industry. Running a multi-six-figure business as a light leader comes with great responsibility. And as I expand my work into the corners of the globe to help others reconnect with who they truly are, just know your time spent here with me is held sacredly. And for light leaders, it's time to show up. We have a massive mission to raise the awareness of human consciousness in our globe. So let's get to work. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so excited for you to tune into this episode today. I have a very special guest, Lisa Tahir, who is going to be sharing with you. We get into this really beautiful conversation about the importance of self right now and really leading with your values and fueling yourself with positivity and the awakening process. It is such a powerful conversation. So like I said last week, Make sure that you're bringing a pen and paper to these sessions because there's so much to take note of, to learn from, to really be able to then equally apply for yourself. Lisa talks about her new book, which has been um, endorsed by the Dalai Lama himself. So she's a very reputable person. She works in the field of psychotherapy as well as spirituality, and it is just it is so beautiful. So I'm so excited for you to be able to tune into this. Before I share this episode with you, I want to let you know that this is the week that we begin the first of three workshop series for the Light Leader Training Series. So what this series is here to do is to prepare you for going deeper in your services, in your mission, in your vision in the world at this time. October is all about getting really clear on your offer and your vision. November is really about diving into a deeper level of ethics and process and structure and energy. And December is all about setting the stage for 2022. So if you are a light worker, a healer, a psychic, a medium, a light leader, ultimately, this training series is really here to help you prepare with equally enough time, more than enough time to be able to implement what it is that I am teaching you in this training series. There is only 72 hours available for the replay. So this is something that if you're going to commit to it, I'm inviting you and I am challenging you to truly show up for it. So you might not be able to make it live, but the replays are there. And so really take the time to tune in. I am so excited. We begin on Wednesday evening and the link is going to be in the show notes for you to be able to join this. This is a three-month training series of two-day workshops, two-day workshops every month for the next three months to help prepare you for the Align and Ascend Mastermind that opens up for uh, enrollment in January for only one week. So previously for the last few rounds that I've been doing is I've had a month and a half to be able to enroll. I am going to prepare you, train you, 
give you the content, the steps, the tools, the structures needed and required for you to feel confident in your ability to step into a space of growth and, and expansion, alignment and ascension for the five months that we are going to be spending together starting February 2nd. So whether you join the mastermind or not is irrelevant. This training series is going to prepare you either way for setting yourself up for 2022 and the link is in the show notes to do so. So if this is something you're really feeling called to ground into, to step up into and to really align in a new level of understanding and energy, the Light Leader training series is here to support you in that. All right, I'm going to turn this over to the conversation, the interview with Lisa Tahir, and I am so excited to hear all the feedback of what you take away from this beautiful conversation on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another session. I am so, so, so excited to have a special guest here with us today, Lisa Tahir. Am I saying that correctly? You are beautiful. Yes. (laughs) Um, She is going to be chatting with us about all things, the world life, her book that she has put out recently that has been acknowledged by the Dalai Lama. And I'm just so excited for where this conversation goes. I feel like it's going to be really powerful. So Lisa, please introduce yourself, tell everyone all the things, and then we're just going to let the conversation grow as it's meant to today. Oh, Riley, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast and to be with your audience today. Hello, everybody. I, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I have been such for over 20 years, and I got to a place in my personal and professional development about five years ago where I started to wonder what is beyond the narrative and the story of our wounds, of the things that have hurt us, the people that have disappointed us and our reactions, our responses to them, and feeling like I was kind of mired in some of the same narrative, the same story, like preventing myself from moving forward in my personal life and wondering how I can help my clients to keep moving forward instead of rehashing those same memories, those same experiences, because I've learned that what we speak about grows and what we focus our attention upon, we get more of it. And so it's it's kind of counterintuitive to the therapy process to turn away from those things. Yet I started to kind of feel into the balance between needing to heal things that we have experienced and needing to really give that airtime, our heart space, be heard and seen and really empathetically attuned to ourselves. And then at that certain point where it's like, okay, got that. What is the new story of the life we want to live, how we see ourselves, like really starting to imagine, visualize to the point with emotion that like, as if it's real, like, who do I need to become? What does that look like each day? How will it feel? And that's what my book kind of journeys into is, is how to help us all do that on a daily basis. And I just want to pause. I see you nodding your head. I'm wondering what you're thinking, Riley about this. I love this so much because when I first started my journey of just personal development, I was like, okay, I'm dealing with a trauma. 
my husband had uh, four open heart surgeries in the mm. span of two years, which is typically unheard of. My son had open heart surgery at four months old. So wow. there's all yes. these circumstances. And for the most part, my life was relatively cozy. I mean, there's the heartbreak stories and then there's the lost and I don't know what to do stories, but I never really experienced trauma. And when I finally did, uh, as if we like all have to, I mean, I, I, I feel like we do, we have to experience some form of trauma because it really helps us to start pulling out of the narratives of the world and start asking, mm. okay, what else is there? And I started to study high level achievers, entrepreneurs, people like Lewis Howes and Jay Shetty and Gabby Bernstein and, and yes. some of the top 54 um, Ford acknowledged peoples in the magazine, like started looking at what they were doing. And when you're talking about visualization, it is the thing that is what everyone talks about. It's mm -hmm. becoming that energy. It's looking at your wounds. It's saying, you know, there's so much more to this than just the suffering that you did get to go through. And I just, it's just so beautiful to hear that it doesn't matter who I um, interview. That's, that's the experience. It's like, there's a point where you just have to put in the work and really start looking beyond what you're experiencing. So I'm just like sitting here taking it all in because it's like the, this it's yes, that's what it is. It's, it's visualizing, it's stepping into that role. It's embodying it. It's taking those actions from that space. So, uh, so yeah, good. Riley. And what I hear you saying too, which I'm reminded of in your words, it's the power of belief. Yeah our power of belief and what isn't yet manifested isn't yet seen but we so deeply desire and want and a lot of the people you referenced all of them i read and study as well including the precursors like people like neville goddard yes. and charles hanel and ernest holmes that really spoke about florence shovel shin even who i reference in my book she in the 20s you know spoke about the power of our intuition yeah. and the ability of our mind to to visualize i feel like you have her book probably yes yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah We're right the magic the magic path of intuition this book single-handedly changed my life. And I think I read it in about an hour. It's okay, not very I'm writing big. this down. I haven't read that. The magic oh. path of intuition. Yeah. It's, it's a, basically a summary of all of Florence's teachings. That is oh. basically the foundation of Lewis, ha uh, Lewis yeah. House's work or Lewis Hayes's work. There we go. And, uh, it's, it just, it was what, what got me into the intuition beyond the personal development. So. Yes. And I think it's such, as we spoke about briefly before coming live, there's such a perfect marriage between psychology and spirituality, yeah. metaphysics, quantum physics, because yeah. since we are, and the more I read Riley about, about energy and like we're vibrating particles and nothing is really solid matter. It just appears to be that we really have say so based upon what we believe and it's exercising that belief sometimes it takes a bit in this time frame for it to show itself to us and to others. And I know that's where I've um, had to really learn to, to support myself in the belief, you know, it's coming, it's on its way. And just really maintaining that position within your own mind's eye of, I believe this to be true for me. I'm just going to keep 
getting ready to be ready, so to speak, as Abraham Hicks says so well. And like, it's like that daily investment and what's going to light me up. Like today, it's being with you on this show and seeing my clients and going for a walk this afternoon. That like what we're doing in the meantime, so to speak, is so important to cultivate. And I've even learned, Riley, keep more of it to myself. You know, I've shared, I get so excited, like I sense you do too. So I'll share with a close friend, oh my God, like this is what I'm manifesting. And it really freaks some people out like that don't, you know, have this paradigm, which is fine if you don't. I just so desire everyone to believe that our minds are powerful enough to shift outcomes and create the things that we want. And as I read last night in this book, The Master Key System by Charles Handel, he talks about the only patient we have is ourself. Mm. We just have to convince ourselves. And I read that over and over like, okay, I don't need to go convince my best friends. I don't need to convince you know, my clients, I just really need to believe. And I think it can be hard when we get so passionately excited, right? Like about something, but I'm learning to just hold the vision, hold the vision and be that teacher by example, like let my life unfold and people that resonate will come. And I'm I'm kind of wondering what you think about, about this part of it. Yeah. Um, it, everything you're saying, Lisa, is just speaking to me on a soul level. Like I can't help but like sway and nod and just mm-hmm. be in the motion of the words that you are sharing right now because that that it's that's it in a nutshell. This human evolution, spiritual evolution, psychological evolution. It's it is in the belief. It's in the power of the belief. It's like you. Um, one thing that really struck me when I started to get more into learning about intuition and, and spirituality and all that the energy stuff was that I had come across, and by no coincidence, because nothing is a coincidence, right. a series of videos where it was like uh, people who have superhuman powers in, in the nick of time, right? Yes. So it's like the car flips over and the dad goes in the back and he and lifts, lifts the car over because his kids are in it. It's like you can't tell me that that's an isolated incident. It's that the belief and the adrenaline and all of it was so dominant in that moment where that person did not believe anything other than that car was going to be flipped over so he could get his kids out. And when I saw this, I, it was like something in me just lit up and I was like, what is this? And how do I learn more of this? How do I, how do I understand this? How do I harness that ability and apply it into my everyday life? And when you were talking about, you know, it's about holding that vision and keeping some of it to yourself, right? Not Mm -hmm. everybody's always going to be on your team. And that's, and that's okay because everybody's on their own journey simultaneously. And Mm -hmm. when we really start to dive into what's lighting us up and what our passions are and what means something to us, and we ground that in and we act as if, and we hold that belief and we tune into that vision and we move it through ourselves in our everyday actions. And even in the actions that don't feel aligned or might feel like a mistake in the moment, they're still leading you or redirecting you to an even more powerful course. And it's like these things, whether we, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, the world is just reflecting that back to them right now. That's, that's how I view everything that's transpiring in the world is it's no matter what you're faced with, no matter what challenge you're suffering through or overcoming or being presented with, it's a mirror. It's all a mirror of where you're being invited to harness a deeper belief and and even value within yourself. And it just makes my, like, I don't even have 
I do have uh, the energy to like hold it all in my body with how excited I get with this. Me too. This is, this is what the world needed. Everyone's like, oh, it's so chaotic. And you're right. It is. But like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful watching people have those light bulb moments where it's like, I get it. I see where this struggle has led me to here. I see why I'm suffering through this because it's helping me to realize this and there's balance and there's peace and there's intuition above all else. And it's like a breath of fresh air. It really is. It is. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would love to know from you. Um, and, and we can dive into this because this is really a multifaceted question, but how has the, the science of psychology and spirituality really helped you to understand more for yourself, how you're operating, connecting and moving? And as a part two, um, how has that helped you to go deeper with your clients as well? Yeah, that's such a good question, Riley. And I'm thinking that that causes me to reflect upon when I was writing my book and now it's it's available the Chiron effect healing our core wounds through astrology empathy and self-forgiveness I realized that astrology was like the diagnostic point to understand a placement in our birth charts called Chiron C-H-I-R-O-N and for me at first that felt a little weird because I'm a psychotherapist and I know basics about astrology I know it to be a symbolic language I know it offers us a blueprint of where stars and planets were upon our date of birth and our time of birth and you know, it's something I just kind of looked at like, like most everyone does. Okay. This is interesting. And there's some truth, but I was somehow led in meditation when I was asking what's beyond the story Mm -hmm. of our woundedness, this word Chiron kept coming up. And so I was led to research because it kept coming up. It didn't like, let me go. And some of you listening might know that experience where you ask a question and the answer is kind of weird but it keeps coming back up for you, like everywhere you look. So it's like the universe really wants you to pause and go down that path of thought. And so I did, I was like, okay, I'm just going to research more than what I knew about Chiron. And I discovered that this was such a beautiful diagnostic place in our birth chart that speaks to an area on a spectrum from where we're vulnerable up to and including where we're wounded. And that being the diagnostic point, because that place, be it a a wounding, a vulnerability in your sense of your value and worth, if it's a neglect or wounding by, by abandonment, by actual neglect in your physical health and its routines, like I started to see, these are the areas that we develop patterns around. And it's the part of ourselves we tend to want to hide or edit, like you don't want to talk about that. When you meet someone new or even when you're entering a relationship, you feel like, oh, like maybe they won't discover that. But that only causes it to come out in like sideways ways. (laughs) You know, when we try to repress and hide that awareness, even from ourselves, and we try to, for example, my Chiron and Aries having to do with the core wounding of vulnerability and my sense and value and worth. A lot of people that have Chiron and Aries are successful outwardly professionally, people you're really well liked. 
yet somehow inside of your own self, it's like, I never felt quite good enough. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to keep doing more to prove, not even to others, like prove to myself that I'm good enough. A lot of performance-based love, a lot of like taking on, let me handle this, let me do this. And yet feeling burdened and overwhelmed, yet feeling like it's hard to let other people know, like, oh my God, like, I'm maxing out here. Like I might need some help because it's hard for you to ask for help. You feel like maybe others won't want to help you or they'll judge you for being weak. And so when I started to see that Chiron and Aries, how it really was like a driving factor in my self-esteem, I could solely focus my affirmations around Mm -hmm. I'm good enough as I am. I don't have to do another thing. You know, I I can just be, allow others to come to me. And it really started to change the way I had to learn to sit back and let things come to me. And that was really uncomfortable, Riley. As a a super action-oriented person, I'm most comfortable taking action and being assertive. And so learning to receive sometimes meant, you know, days go by, weeks might go by before I hear something. But it's like, and allowing that to be invited into spaces, like it helped to heal me having to do it all. Is that making yeah. sense? I've, I don't and, and know. And answering where spirituality and psychology kind of meet. Absolutely. And as I'm listening to you, I have never been able to figure out what the time of my birth is. So I've never been yeah. able to get a, uh, a proper chart reading done. Yeah. But I question if maybe I have an Aries and Chiron because what you're sharing, like that's me. That's the same wound that I have been working on for the past year and a half and really yeah. just started to learn to... I guess for lack of better terms, supersede. Like I finally came above that, that wounding where I'm very action orientated. I thrive the most when I'm out and doing and learning and action. Um, So it's really interesting that you share all that, but yes, it absolutely answers it because there's, there's so many other things that make up the components of our reality. Mm-hmm. And we're really, truly uh, only indoctrinated to see things one way. But when we start asking the questions and we start ultimately just wanting to learn more about yourself through yeah. astrology, through all the different channels, through psychology, through Enneagram tests, through all these different yes. ways, yeah. you compile all this information that becomes the data bank of you. And then you have a better understanding of how you make choices and what you right. can do and where you can focus. So I really love the way that you explain that because I feel like a lot of people in my audience are going to be like, I wonder if I have an Aries and Chiron too. Right. You know, and it's okay if you don't know your time of birth, Riley, because it'll give you, I have an interactive chart when you get my book. And if you go to nolatherapy.com forward slash Chiron, you can read about the book. You can enter as much as you know, all you need is your city of birth and your date of birth to know where Chiron is, if it's an Aries or Gemini or Taurus or Leo. And that'll give you enough that the time just gives you the house placement, which means the area of your life that this manifests. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you know enough about yourself. Does this manifest at work in my professional life versus my self-esteem? So that's not as important is just having your place of birth and time of birth. And then I give takeaway steps, like for instance, Chiron and Aries that we're talking about, this core wounding, 
this vulnerability in, in your sense of value and worth, we tend to want to say yes to everything because we get so excited about it. But then say you say yes, and other things come up. And then that date, that thing comes around, and you might not want to do it for whatever reason, yeah. but you feel like you don't want to appear flaky, or, you know, so you might do things you don't want to do just to keep your word. And at some point, that doesn't serve your evolution or growth. So one of the takeaway steps I offer is simply when someone asks you to do something to learn to say, hey, that sounds awesome. Let me check my calendar and get back to you. Even if you know there's nothing in your calendar, because it gives you that buffer of time to really sit and determine, is this in my best interest? Does this really work? So it's like these little tweaks that we can make our lives just be more authentic. What do you think about that? I love that. I think that's a very valuable takeaway step. And it's something that I equally teach people too. It's like, especially for the people pleasers where they're so quick to say yes, because they don't want to disappoint. It's like, what are ways that we can step back and and add in different language or different types of conversations to be like, you know what, just like you said, I'm going to check my calendar and I'd love to get back to you. And then you have that time to process and think and actually move yes. it over and so on and so forth. And I'm definitely going to be linking all of your stuff in the show notes to this. So you, you guys can go and check it out, order her book, dive into all the things that she has um, for you to learn about your Chiron energy. Um, there was um, there was one, there was a question that popped up for me and then I got sidetracked. Um, Oh, how did your book come to be? So you talked about how uh, you started to go deeper within, you know, the energy of wounds and how spiritualism really did play play a part in that. And so when it came to actually physically sitting down and writing the book, what was that moment where it was like that download where you're like, I can't not do this. Like this has to be available yeah. to everyone. It was, it was very... Um visceral and physical, Riley, when I first received the meditation, you know, Chiron, and it kept prodding me Chiron, 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 until I started to Google and and understand it being an astrological placement. Carl Jung wrote about Chiron Mm. as this archetype that I had remembered vaguely from grad school. And then, you know, it just, I didn't know this was going to be a book. As I started to take notes by hand, just in a notebook, you know, I started to receive these consistent downloads of awareness, like aha moments, like, oh my gosh, this is kind of what you've been overlooking. This is what you've been trying to address. And, you know, my clients mirrored it when a client would come in and say, oh my gosh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I felt like I wanted to start saying stop. And I did, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like there's things you're having you're having healthy responses to abnormal situations and really wanting to help my clients and even friends like be less judgmental and critical of themselves. So that's where I started to get the download around forgiveness and self-forgiveness in particular, which is in the title of my book, because I think often forgiveness is presented to us as something we need to give others. And without the first point of departure, what about the self-forgiveness? What about the layers of judgment that we harbor and build up layer upon layer within our own minds, our own hearts? And I think especially for women who we tend to be nurturers and caretakers and and really want to look out for others, sometime at the expense of ourselves, that we just kind of keep going and like, you know, I'll do better next time. And, and to really pause and know in, in some specific ways that I walk you through, like really having 
this appreciation for who you were in those moments and to truly forgive yourself, like let yourself off the hook, appreciate the gifts that those experiences taught you. Life is always going to give us another chance to try again in some of those same areas. And so I started to see this connection between empathy, which is the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and like turning that towards ourselves, having empathy for ourselves. So it all just started. And I wrote for three and a half years consistently, you know, like I told friends that I had clients in the evening, but I didn't, it was my block of writing time because I knew I had to prioritize this or it would never get done. And so I would say I had clients till 8 PM when I really just had clients till five and that last three hours, my phone would still be on silent like it is for clients. And I would research and write and edit. And, you know, over three and a half years, it took form. And it was really a labor of love that I felt, as you said, like, I have to get this out. It was like, no matter what it takes, like, I want to get this out. And it was intense. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I'm just so glad to be able to see it and hold it and like, meet you and your audience, because I feel like it offers a paradigm of things that have been said in different ways. And this is another way that could relate to you in a way that causes those aha moments to change your life. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful when you speak to somebody who has that, that calling, really that calling in them. And it's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is going to transpire into until you're in the actions of it. And you're like, oh, I'm writing a book. And it's like a year in. (laughs) Yes. And then you get to that point where it's like, okay, well now I'm at this stage. I need to learn this. Okay. I'm at this stage. I need to learn this. I'm at this stage. Now I need to execute this. And it's like, you, you get to build on this. And I really want to just like pull back for a moment in context, you know, finding your purpose, because it's very simultaneously related to your journey of, of creating this book. And that's the number one question that I get asked. I started with the title of a psychic. And so people would come to me asking, well, what's my purpose in life? And it, and as I grew and I started to take that word out of my, my titles, if you will, I realized that it's like, that's never something another person can answer. Mm. It's a calling within you that through execution, you develop and you learn and you grow and you add until you get to that point where it's something you can finally tangibly hold. But that calling equally requires discipline. And so the way that you, you shared your story and how you, you knew you needed to block out that time or it wasn't going to get done. And Mm -hmm. you knew that you needed to create that space and you got to learn and you got to grow and you got to execute along the way. It's like, that's very, very similar to uh, uncovering your purpose, if you will, which is ever evolving because your yes. book is not going to be the first or the only, it's not the only thing you're going to create in this world of yours in the, in the, our, in our world collectively. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's these moments where you, you feel something so deep within you that you can't explain, but you just decide to follow it because you can't mm. ignore it. And it keeps coming back and, so coming, well back said. and coming back. Yes. So beautiful. I really exactly like that. that. You know, and I also tell me if this resonates with you, Riley, I had the awareness that this, I feel like this Chiron was given to me because I was asking the question. So I received the answer. And yet I also had the sense that like this energy, it's moving. And like, if I didn't write it, someone else would. 
you know, I was like, no universe. Yeah. Like I want to write this. Like yeah. this is, this is my book. Cause I've thought for many years to write a book. I have all kinds of notes that I abandoned, like many of you listening maybe. And it really took that this was something that spoke enough to where I had the awareness. I did have to carve out that time. It did take self-discipline. I did not go to certain events and dinners and vacations. Even a friend in Italy, I booked a trip to Italy, but my book, it was at the point where I hired professional editors and we were really in the midst of it. And I I didn't go to Italy and it was a non-refundable ticket, but I knew like the time and place. So I just kind of put aside like those types of things until it was truly finished in, in the sense like it's coming out and being published. And so it really does take that, but it was also like, I couldn't do anything else. Like it it wasn't necessarily hard, you know, because it's like, I couldn't imagine doing anything but that yet it did require saying no to myself around certain areas of my life. No, for now, like I knew it's not like forever, Yep, but you know, so I feel like this speaking to someone that you might have a goal, a desire and to, to just do it whatever it asks of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's full body shivers. I love that so (laughs) much, Lisa. That's, that's it. It's, you just have to, it really just comes down to, you have to answer the call because if you don't, someone else will, and that's not a competition to pitch you against somebody else. It's like, you know, you're going to put it in a different form than somebody else will, but we have our own unique characteristics and perceptions and view on the world and and how we're going to learn to articulate and to take those steps to move it forward, right? That That is different than somebody else would. And I don't even like to necessarily use the word better, but it's like, that can be something so profound and beautiful that was gifted to you to bring to the world. And that's what I feel like you feel and how you're sharing your book came to be. And it reminds me of, when I started on my journey of personal development, I ended up getting um, a sponsorship to become a, a certified psychic medium. Awesome. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I was in the midst of grieving from someone who had passed six months before mm. all the stuff with my husband and my son. And I put the grief on the shelf to deal with what was relevant at the time. And then when it, we finally got all the good news, it was like, okay, I got a lot of stuff I got to unpack here. And one of the things that I knew is if one person could do something, anyone could do it. It's just mm-hmm. time, attention, and intention. And yes. I heard of mediums. I didn't, I don't know if I necessarily fully believed in the concept of them at that point, but I was like, there, it, as the more that I learned, the more I realized, well, it's energy. So it's not like this is, you know, it's an incredible gift. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, but it's, it's a practice. Right. And when I started to learn how to do that for myself and it came so effortlessly to me, I was blown away that nobody knew this. I was like, how are people not talking about intuition? How are people not talking about energy? How are people not talking about the fact that they've been feeling, experiencing energy and spirits their entire life and have been told that they're crazy. And to me, that was a calling where I was like, I don't know how the heck I'm going to execute this, but I'm going to show up on a Facebook live. And most people already think I'm crazy. So I'm going to go for it. And <laughs> that's awesome. Start Riley. reading cards. And it was through the card readings, I learned how to develop reading energy without the cards. And then through doing that, I started to reverse engineer it to create processes. And I was like, mm. people have different perceptions. So now I get to merge the psychology in this. And it was so valuable to continue to learn and grow for myself to then turn around and teach it to other people, because it was that same feeling. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this or 
what this even means that I'm getting, but I have to pursue this because I know that there's something in this that I, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm going to do it. And then I learned, okay, this is a part of my mission. This is a part of my purpose. This is a part of activating people back into that consciousness that we've been asleep at the wheel for, you know, decades, arguably centuries. And it just, it, it took its own form. It, It grew and it expanded. And so it's like, you're, it, it just makes me think about how, you know, in the spiritual industry, it's always marketed. It's like, come and join my program and find your purpose. Come and learn these five tips and you're going to figure out your purpose. It's like, but it's so much more than that. And, and, you know, it, maybe that helps. Absolutely. I'm sure it does, but it really comes down to practice and discipline. And I just, ah, just everything you're saying is just hitting so home for me. I love it so much. And same here for me with your inspired speaking. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Lisa, I have a a question for you on the world. So something um, I'd really love to hear from you, uh, what you see, how do I want to word this? Um, How do you see our world taking shape in lieu of its current climate? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, to be honest, is I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> what I do know for sure is that I think our, our, our individual responsibility to ourselves and to those we love and care about yeah. is to keep ourselves in the highest vibration, meaning in the best mood and really cultivating and being mindful of what we watch, what we yeah. listen to, what we you know, who we join with, because I notice when I'm in conversations where there's a lot of fear, yeah. I start to feel like edgy and fearful, and that doesn't feel good. And it, it interrupts the problem solving functions of our brain yeah. when we are in that fight, flight, or freeze type of space that's triggered by conversations of so much uncertainty, looking too far ahead into the future that we don't know and can't figure out from where we stand. So for me, it's it's, I, I believe that by daily meditation, keeping myself in alignment, living in, based on inspiration and doing things that are helpful, that are loving, that are, you know, boosting people up through my podcast and my conversations with whoever wants to listen by just keeping ourselves in harmony and alignment with what is going well, because, you know, things always find their balance. The planet finds its equilibrium as people we can as well. And so I choose not to go into the fear-based television, news, conversations, groups, and you know what in your body, when your whole body tenses up around a text or a news article, it's like, oh, like, don't go there. Like, I don't, you know, give that any of my time. And instead I'm really into reading and listening Mm -hmm. to things that promote my sense of peace and strength. Like our mind is a tool that we place in the direction that we want it to serve us. And without that discipline, again, going back to that word, it can run rampant. Our emotions are all over the place. And we actually have a lot more say so over our emotions than what you might be aware of by what you're consuming auditorily, visually, tactile, where you're going, what you're doing. So I've spent a lot of time, Riley, just kind of being uh, 
kind of quiet and internal and just like, what do I need to be at peace so I can serve my clients and the friends I have in my life to be clear, to have clarity? Yeah. I love that answer. What do you think it's about I, I absolutely agree. It's it's the saving grace in it all because, I mean, arguably, nothing that's coming to light is new. It's all things that have been transpiring over the years, the decades, the centuries. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's just now we have access to all that information. So it's yes. on blast 24-7 in yes. some form or way, but equally in both directions, right? So when you talk yeah. about you know, when you're in a fear-based conversation, even if it's meant to be about choices and options or freedom, right? You can feel if it's really rooted in, especially from the other person and equally yourself when your body starts to contract and your mind starts to contract and you start to feel like, oh, I'm getting ramped up and I got to talk louder and I got to talk faster. Like you can feel these things transpiring through you. So when you talk about, you know, back to discipline and promoting that peace for yourself and meditating and really making sure that your conversations are of the value that you are building your life on, then that's, that's what we are in control of. And that's, that's something that never is taken away from us because let's say the world goes into the point where we have no opportunity for movement, right? You still do within your home, within your yard, within your community, within what you search and research and listen to. So it's like, these things are always available for us. We just, we get to adjust and adapt. And I feel like that's, really hard for people because when you start to desire change, well, change requires change and that change has to come from you. And so we think that we want it, but then when the opportunity presents itself and we have to, okay, so there's going to be a next step for me, or I'm going to have to change this, or I'm going to have to learn this. It's like, you know, you really get to find where your thresholds are at in regards to your mindset and your energy and and your physical capabilities. And so that doesn't mean it can't be changed or exercised or disciplined. It just means that there's work to do. And I really find that especially in what you shared, Lisa, it's that we all have this ability to really go within right now. And I'm finding Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, spiritual leaders, if you will, or anyone who really promotes self-development, personal development, even entrepreneurship. Yes. That's the topic of conversation across the board. It's like, you know, there's a lot of noise out there, right? So what are you doing to discern and to choose um, outside of that in, in relation to where you want to go all going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, right? Holding that vision and being that version of you and really taking those, I always say one degree steps at a time, make up the, the all around experience that you're desiring. And so what are those steps that you're bringing into play for yourself? And it really, that that's really, I think the most universal truth that anyone can argue or not arguably, but can agree on, especially in our current climate. So I really love the way that you, um, you shared that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Love it. Um, I want to be cognizant of your time. Yeah. I love how it's I have as much been... time as you want. This is <laughs> I so love awesome. How, yeah. This is such a good conversation. And it's it so is. funny because typically, um, I, I usually like to do 30 or 45 minutes, but then when you really get into it, that time just flies away. And it's then, like, yes. And then you look at, oh, so, oh, that's what you mean by time doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes, that's an aha moment. Yeah. For sure, what you just yeah. said. And 
And it's, it really speaks to, to what we've been talking about, about the quality of your conversations and just like pairing up with people like, you know, essentially we are strangers before this conversation, right? right? So it's like that, but yet we have this access to each other. And it's so beautiful because when you get into these types of conversations where you're sharing your story and you're expanding your mind and you're feeding off each other's energy in a positive way, it's like, that's that's where manifestation really exists it's when right. you get into these moments with yourself and and this doesn't have to be in a conversation with somebody else this can be you and I feel like this is really a testament to what you've been sharing what we've been talking about is getting yourself into these states where you're you know bigger than your environment and you're not in the okay I have 30 minutes to do this and I have three hours to do this and I got to get this done in seven days it's like just being in these present moments and listening with each other I find mm-hmm. this is a quality that's really been over overlooked in a lot of what's happening right now and it's something that we're equally being reflected and reminded to come back to is just like the presence so what is what is presence overall being present it's something that's talked about often um how has presence really played a a a role in your life and in your journey of your spiritual and self-development you know I feel like I've been learning a lot about what that is and what it isn't is such a good question presence and and for me, self-soothing comes up around that too, because I've learned being present in the moment, whatever I am doing. And it's so easy to my mind to drift to a memory of the past or something I desire in the future. And then really calling back my mind to this moment where often it looks like nothing's happening. You know, it's like, okay, just nothing's happening. This is not the most enjoyable to be in, but just being able to like, like nothing's happening. Like that can be kind of cool. That can be kind of nice and learning to just even acknowledge the moment and then go back into a memory I might be enjoying or a future outcome that I desire. So I think presence is even just kind of like a touchstone, like touching this moment, having awareness of it, We know we've heard it said over and over, this is all we have is right now. And I think just a momentary like acknowledgement. Okay. And even just looking around and then getting back to whatever thought or activity. So I find it to be almost like a mental, um, just a mental awareness Mm -hmm. of the moment. I'm curious what you find it to be. That's such a good and interesting question you asked. Yeah. Yeah presence to me has really been something that I never realized that, um, that I, that I didn't understand. I feel like it's so easy to say, well, be present in the moment. It's like telling somebody to relax when they're anxious, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I I will now. (laughs) Right. But for me, it, it comes back down to that word discipline because for my whole I I guess the last 10 years of my life where I started to, you know, have to, or want to figure out a career and, you know, develop a family. I have three young kids and, um, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the future, what I need to go to, where I need to go, how I need to get there, the hows, the who's, the what's, the where's, the when's. And presence has really been something that overall for me has allowed me to really slow down and tune into a moment. You know, it, mm. it's, it comes back to like a metaphorical experience where when you stop and all of a sudden you notice the snail on the ground that you've probably walked past a thousand mornings before and you just stop and you look at it and all of a sudden you get a flood of emotions or you get a heightened level of awareness or, you know, the download, the message comes in and it's like, whoa. 
And I feel like that's something that's really starting to ping people's interest when it comes to spiritual development, because they're starting to have these moments of presence and they don't know what it is, but now they want more of it. And it's so beautiful because that's, that's the practice in of itself. That's like, Mm -hmm. if you could take anything away from this, it's like, you don't need a course or a book or a coach or a program, though those things absolutely help. It's really just slowing down and just taking witness to that moment in those moments of the day that transpire. And um, I can't remember who I was listening to who was speaking on being in the moment and and presence. And they were talking about, I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he was talking about how, you know, try and spend an entire day present, present Mm -hmm. in conversation, present in walking, present in drinking, present in eating, present in dressing, brushing your hair, be present in that moment and do that for an entire day and watch your entire mood and energy shift. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's, that's what spiritual development is. That's what being in tune is, being in alignment is, being in balance is. And presence for me is, is a pursuit of happiness, if you will. I feel like they really go hand in hand because you can't have happiness without being present in the moment. And no matter how much you have in your bank or what you have to go home to or whatever your life looks like, you know, physically, it's, it, happiness and presence really are simultaneously linked together in, in your experience of how you, you experience the world ultimately. Yeah, and Riley, I would say too, I love what you're saying. And to, to even in approaching one's day, I've started to say of all the things on the proverbial to-do list, yeah. like what am I most excited to do first? Yeah. And like starting with that and really asking myself throughout the day, if I notice a lull in my emotion, like, hey, what are you most excited to do mm. next? And just to ask yourself that question over and over, like, what am I most excited to do next? And then listen for what that is. It starts to change. It, it adds these little jolts of energy, I notice, yeah. in my day, in my life. Like, what are you most excited to do next? And then look for that. And it starts to create a momentum in your mm. life. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that, Lisa. And I love that because there comes this point when you start to shift identities and behaviors and and habits where it's like, oh, this is tiring. Like, I feel like I am just trying to feed, you know, I got to be happy constantly all the time. And it's like, you don't though, because there's an equal opportunity in learning from the sadness and the struggle and the challenge. But when you're creating and you're building that momentum and you're really shifting the way that you desire to perceive the world and equally what you desire to attract in your life, it yeah. really comes down to those jolts. Like you have to be your best cheerleader and you yeah. get to have people in your corner, you know, but sometimes you don't. And I find that anyone who really starts to like really start their journey and arguably this happens at every level of your you know, consciousness and awakening, um, that it seems like people fall away. And I find that a lot of people right now, I work with mainly people who are just awakening into their spiritual gifts and their intuition. So a lot of the people that I support, they're starting to find that they don't have a lot of people in their corner, that they don't relate with a lot of people that they once related to. And so what you shared about, you know, what's that next thing that sparks your excitement, because that's really the momentum that creates then those receive the receiving end of the relationships coming in. I, when I started my journey, found myself in that same position. A lot, I had friends for six really good friends for 18 years. And when I started to develop myself and question my reality, 
I realized that those relationships weren't in alignment with where I wanted to go. And I found myself very alone. And what allowed me to push past that threshold of, you know, sitting in the the pity of, oh, I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone was, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Well, I really love painting. So I'm going to paint, or I really love reading this book. And I'd sit down for hours and I'd read this book, or I really want to learn about this. So I'd sit down and I'd learn about astrology. And it was like, and it just continued to develop where then I would show up in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I attracted a whole new group of friendships that are just so much more than I could have ever imagined them to be. So I really loved what you shared there, Lisa, because it's something that it comes back to the onus of self and, and our ability to take on how far we really want to go in our evolution. And that's not said in a competitive way, but it is said in a way where it's like, what do you want out of life? Right. Can I add something to that, that really came up for me as you were speaking, Riley, because I've been in that place and the awareness I've been having the, the truly deep awareness is that, you know, we've heard it said we're all connected. Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes really important to tap into when you're experiencing a time when, when people, uh, when you feel more alone than a part Mm -hmm. of, and when you notice that your social circle feels or is thinner than it once was, what's really helped me is to know that like, we're all, we are connected. I am connected to these people. Nothing can stop it. Whether you're blocked, unfriended, broken up with, like we are permanently and always eternally interconnected. And you can work with that energy and send love, send peace and harmony to those relationships, to those individuals and start to watch what happens. There will be a shift in the quality of that relationship, of that friendship, that we really can, can shift those outcomes. And, and I think the more we become who we want to be, who we're meant to be, we start to draw out the best in others. And sometimes it might look like there's like a separation period in time, because we're doing a lot of realigning. People might not know what to make of us. It might be a lot to them. But to trust and to hold on to, if you send and if you align truly with harmony and love and that connectedness, you know, and even breathing from your heart space into that other person's heart space, it'll start to like, you'll start to feel this. And over time, it will cause a really positive effect there. Mm, Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that, that in of itself is like, it really is the vibration of healing. Everything mm-hmm. that you said, as when you were talking, I was getting this vision of this green ripple effect of energy just transpiring and transcending through whoever's ears that this listens to, where it's light bulb moments and it's more mm. compassion and it's more peace and it's so much more love because it's not unrealistic to feel hurt by the people who aren't in your corner who don't right. get you. Yeah. And as you start to come back to that self-forgiveness of, okay, you know, I forgive myself for choosing to go on this journey. I forgive myself for any hurt that I have said, or that has transpired. And, and then going on to give that forgiveness that you talked about to others, right? We always have to start with self. And the vision that I had was just this, this experience of awareness that people get to tune into where it's like, it really comes down to love. 
It Mm -hmm. really comes down to love and compassion because what I've learned is that as I grow and evolve and by no means am I perfect. And I am so open to being educated and having conversations and learning and growing and expanding in all ways um, that I'm equally triggering in someone else where they get to step into alignment and equally they are helping me to step into an alignment by being triggered of what I'm doing or what I'm saying too. But the thing universally that can be felt is love. Yes. And we don't need permission to send love, to share love, to no. be love, to give love. You can love. always emit that. Yes, Riley, yeah. to that. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, it transcends time and space and circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially to, I don't know who needs to hear this today who's listening, but to anyone who's feeling isolated or restricted or you know, not feeling like you don't have anyone in your corner, start sending them love because what they are wishing and hoping and dreaming and praying for right now is equally love. They're feeling rejected by, by you, maybe by the world, by themselves. And they don't understand or might not yet see that truly love is going to help set them free. And they're absolutely right. There's a lot of hurting people in this world right now. There are, but we get to be the ones that step up and say, you know what, beyond this relationship, this current experience, the circumstance, you know, I might need to set a boundary or get to set a boundary, but that doesn't mean that I can't send that person love. Exactly. Ultimately, that's what changes the game. That's what changes does. the game all around. It does. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I want to leave it on that note because I feel like this is really powerful. And um, I feel like this is this is just exactly what needed to be said today. So I really want to thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on and sharing your heart and your words and your wisdom and your book. I'm going to make sure that they can all go and grab a copy and be a part of your world. Um, Outside of your book, how can everyone connect with you? Yeah, the best way is on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. I'm at NOLA Therapy. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy. I would love to connect with you all there. You can email me, Lisa, at nolatherapy.com. And Riley, I really appreciate you, this inspired conversation. I felt like I was vibrating (laughs) during a lot of it. Thank you so much for bringing me in today to your audience in this beautiful conversation. Ditto. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.